This episode of the Lead Machine Growth Show is brought to you by Lead Machine, the step-by-step tech easy system for getting leads online. Are you ready to start attracting your ideal audience right away? Join the five-day Lead Magnet Magic Challenge today at www.getleadmachine.com forward slash magic. Say goodbye forever to struggling with lead magnets and say hello to getting your offers seen by your ideal clients. Welcome to the Lead Machine Growth Show, where you will discover how to tackle your tech, master your message, and design your dream. Paul Guyen, the mastermind behind the Lead Machine, introduces you to trailblazers who inspire you to implement life-changing solutions and systems you can model to nurture your leads and get your offers seen by your ideal clients who will invest in themselves and you. Be sure you visit our website at www.leadmachinegrowthshow.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, tune in and get ready to transform your vision into reality. Hello, Paul Guyon here. I'm the Lead Machine Coach, host and creator of the Lead Machine Growth Show, the Lead Machine Coaching and Mastermind Group, and international best-selling author of Journeys to Success, Volume 2, and the Food to the Rescue Community Cookbook. Welcome to the show, and thank you for tuning in. Today's guest is a former business partner, mentor, fellow author, and speaker, and entrepreneur. He's a very smart personal development practitioner and marketer who practices what he teaches, which is the art of mind capture, teaching small business owners how to grab attention and grow their businesses while keeping a positive mental attitude, all while breaking the rules to get and stay relevant. Today's episodes will discuss referral magic, strategies to get you noticed and referred, to get more referrals, more clients, and more profits. And as a special treat, we'll get a mindset boost too. Our guest today is best-selling author, business consultant, and keynote speaker, Tony Rubleski. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Tony uh, is currently the president of Mind Capture Group. His message is designed to help people capture more minds and profits. And he's an in-demand speaker who's given hundreds of presentations, an executive business coach, a best-selling author, and creator of the Mind Capture Bootcamp. Now in his 12th year. Wow. He has over 25 plus years of experience in the personal development industry as well. His Mind Capture book series has spawned multiple bestsellers in various business and coaching categories on Amazon. The acclaimed series has received many endorsements from a wide range of marketing, sales, and psychology leaders, and a bunch of other great things the New York Times bestselling author, book eight in the series titled Positive Destruction, Positive Disruption, (laughs) (laughs) volume two, quotes and questions to upship your life, released globally on December 7th, 2022. Tony, it's a pleasure. Welcome to the show. Well, I'm bowing back at you and I have the television screen because we're doing this in March, which is March Madness. There's so (laughs) many fun times, Paul, and you know, what a what a joy when you asked me a few weeks ago if I'd come on, I'm like, yes, let's do this. And, you know, I want to give a shout out to you. We were together successfully for many years. Then I went through a major life change. I was moving. 
I had to, to deal with an addiction, which I have, thank God, gotten through. But, you know, you and I went through a lot of fun adventures, lots of marketing projects. Uh, we did coaching together and your audience is in very, very good hands. So it's good to see you going back out with the show now and doing coaching again, Paul, because there's such a need for it, especially right now as we're taping. Amen. The world's getting more and more interesting. So uh, it's an honor to be here, my friend. Yeah, well, thank you so much. Uh, so tell us how you came to teach businesses worldwide and get referrals and become known as the mind capture guy. I know there's a long story, but just kind yeah. of give us some, a thumbnail sketch on your journey. Well, I think in um, retrospect, and I also want to give a shout out to everybody that's listening either now or in, in time shifting later on, because your time is valuable. So anytime I do an interview, please encourage, I'm holding a pen and a, a post-it note here and a piece of paper, is grab a pen and a paper, a beverage, get comfortable, you know, if you're at your home office and, and just try to get a couple nuggets from both you and I. But Mind Capture came out about 20 years ago. And I wrote a book when I was in my early 30s working in the advertising industry. I love selling, you know that. So it's creating yeah. ad campaigns. We have a lot of mutual mentors that we have studied with or have brought to our events when we did events together. So the book came out because people kept saying, you need to write a book. You're really good at marketing. You know how to get people's attention. The book comes out and I had to think, what is the title of this thing going to be? And I was looking at a Jay Abraham catalog, an old cassette series on my bookshelf. And it was called Mind Capture Over Los Angeles, 1995. And I went, <laughs> there it is, Mind Capture. So how do you get attention has really been the core of what started the company in my, my book series, gosh, 19, 20 years ago, Paul. And I met Jay Abraham about a year after the book came out, gave him a signed copy in Detroit. He looked at me, he goes, this looks familiar. I said, Jay, this was one of the title of your seminars in LA many years ago. He just started laughing. So you know, I have to give some credit back to Jay Abraham, arguably besides Dan Kennedy and a few others, one of the top marketing minds in the world. They call him the marketing wizard because that was really the two words I needed to really convey, you know, in a very short attention time frame. what do I do? How do you stand out and get what I call mind capture? Paul, I didn't know in the last 10 years alone with social media, and you and I have uh, worked together on social media and webinars and all sorts of live events, how much premium attention would become and it's getting harder and harder so i'm not here to scare anybody or make them feel defeated i want to give your audience and people that are in my tribe um, some ideas that i know work if they work them there's the key no yep. one can do your pushers for you as jim Rohn taught me a long time ago in a seminar room that you and i have the chops we're here to help people but they have to move into action and pick and choose what's most relevant from our interview and our time together Right on. Thank you. So mm -hmm. we're talking about getting referrals. In my experience with my lead machine mastermind group and my consulting clients with Habit Force Coaching, when I suggest they establish a formal referral program, they look at me and they say, they don't, I don't know where to begin. I mean, we just get them. We, we just get them. And, they, and the thing is, when they ask their customers for a referral, they clam up and they can't think of anyone. So what is the magic secret? Well, I think there's some strategies, you know, I, I call it the silver bullet theory, Paul, that a lot of people think that, you know, I can solve all their referral problems with like one magic technique or the silver bullet. And right. I have to kind of burst your bubble. There's no specific way that works 100% of the time. Let me just set expectations and ground rules. However, there are several ways that we know to get referrals. I'm going to give two or three that, again, people can pick and choose in their level of marketing expertise. The first one is, brace yourself, 
you have to ask for them. And every day when you're out in the business world, I call you have to have your Scooby-Doo ears. Your customers will give you clues. Let me run down a few real quick of scenarios that happen all the time to all of us. You get a compliment. It could be an email. It could be a phone call, a text. Someone has a picture of you on social media with your product or service or raving about you or they tag you. That right there is a golden opportunity to follow up, number one, to thank them. And number two, this is where most people miss it, is to follow up and thank them and say, hey, by the way, our business is built on a lot of introductions. I'm curious, are there a couple of other business owners that you really respect that you might introduce me to to see if I can do the same thing? Now, let's replay that. I never said referral. Right. Introduction is a key word. It's very non-threatening. People love to help each other, especially happy clients. Definitely want to kind of brag about you if you're doing a good job. And I want to rewind a little bit what you just said, the question. A lot of people get organic referrals because they're doing a good job. And and that's the first entry point into the door to get on the ride. But where most people miss it is proactively listening and then taking their, their best customers, their archetype that really are their best fit and following up with them, Paul, to check Mm -hmm. up and then say, Hey, well, I got you on the phone. Are there a couple other business associates or a couple other people in your firm or a couple of industry peers that, you know, that, you know, might be interested in what we do. And you never know until you ask. It's ingrained in me to keep asking, not begging. So let me delineate a couple of points. You don't want to ever beg. And the more specific you can get with the ask for the introduction, the higher the chance you see my hand moving up, the ladder that in their mind, they're going to go, hey, I've got two buddies, ironically, in my church, my men's small group that are, they own businesses. They're just talking about this. That's awesome. Um, I'd love to meet them. Is there a way that you prefer that you I reach out to them or do you want to have them reach out to me? What you try to do is save their time, ask a specific question. And again, the more specific, the higher chance of a recall on their mental Rolodex, their sphere of influence, they can think of someone. Now, caveat, doesn't work every time, but it works a lot, Paul. The challenge is, like you said in the beginning here, is how do you make it into a system they've never heard of it? Well, a lot of times it comes down to training, accountability, and practicing. And the training, that's what you do as a coach, okay? A lot of what I teach, Paul, is deceptively simple. The challenges in a nine-second attention span world, which I think is actually getting shorter and shorter than nine seconds, oh, yeah. is unless people have a script and they make it a force of habit, you're, you're a master at habits, Paul, in systems. So unless they make it a daily part of their activity and then track it and hold themselves accountable, or if you're the VP of sales or the director of marketing, typically it, some people might get it. And you're going to find some of your sales teams that already gets a lot of referrals because a few of them are trained to work this way. Let's face it, cold calling is hard. It's brutal. And I'm not advocating that it doesn't work. I'm advocating there are smarter ways to market. And to me, after a period of years, Paul, every day I'm thinking when I'm interacting with clients, even ones that don't book me, sometimes they go, hey, we're not, you're not a good fit this year. We went another direction or the committee decided to go with this speaker. I say, hey, you know what? You're charged like the Michigan bankers. Are there a couple of other associations that you network with that might be interested in what I do? Paul, I can't tell you how many times I can spin a no. I don't mean spin a negative connotation. I can pivot where they go, yeah, I've got two association colleagues, Indiana and Ohio. Why don't you give them a call? So I'm looking at going, hey, if, right. they, got, if they almost got me to the finish line, it wasn't the right time then, then they're going to probably know other people that they can introduce me to. Again, it doesn't work every time, but it does work often. So asking is key. 
couple other really quick guerrilla marketing techniques, as Jay Conrad Levinson would say, is networking, Paul. You and I saw each other a month ago at a Big Brothers Big Sister event. You had some folks that you're with. Um, they came up and networked with me. You were there networking with people. We're back to live in-person meetings, thank God. And I said, probably, <laughs> I said, you know, I think social distancing, I'm glad we're beyond that chapter of history, at least for now, because we're built for human connection, Paul. And it was awesome yeah. to see you. There was like Dave Crater was there, some people we knew in the Traverse City area that we don't normally get to see, but we're all in the room together. So physical networking is beautiful. And now that events are open, there's chambers of commerce, there's trade associations, there's regional associations. And the best way, if I was consulting any of the audience tonight, I'd say, look, give me your top three customer groups. Let's say it's builders, title companies, and lawyers. What I would ask them is, all right, what is the top one that gives you your most business? Let's say it's builders. Okay, let me guess. Are you active in the HBA, the Home Builders Association of your home county? Most of the time, they'd say no. I'd be like, well, there's a great opportunity for you to join the HBA of your local county, get involved, go to the events, sponsor an event or two, because you're going to meet at those meetings. Paul, I'm at a future pace, what I would do with a client. Okay, let's yeah. say six months from now, you're sitting at a round table at an HBA luncheon with three of your clients there, and there's four other people that don't know you. Would you like to have your three clients introduce you to four people? They're like, yeah, then get involved. Because the highest form of compliment, I believe, in business is a referral call. Um, they're they're yeah. earned. You get them sometimes accidentally or organically when you do a good job. But to me, networking strategically, there was a couple deeper layers that I gave that most people miss, is get very refined of who you want to network with and where do they congregate or what groups or tribes do they run in. So affinity marketing, as Dan Kennedy taught me, is very, very powerful. Go where you're welcome. And go where you can become quickly within a year or two, Paul, very well known in that trade association of that vertical market. Third final tip I want to share on referrals uh, real quick here is be thinking, how do I make additional offers to my best clients? Um, most businesses miss this. I call it accidental or hope marketing. They hope people just show back up and go through their catalog or assume they have other products and services. But to me, there are tons of opportunities because customer neglect is a massive sin in direct marketing. You and I know it. We've met Dan Kennedy. We've been around Dan Kennedy, my central mentor amongst a couple other ones. But Dan would say that probably his top 10 marketing sins is customer neglect. So in the referral context is continue to come up with new offers that help your customers, that save them time, that save them money. They already trust you. So go back. And here's what I love to do. I give my brand new offers or events or books I market very, very heavily to my current clients first before we launch anything. We have oh, an yeah, event for sure. We have an event in June, and we have the annual event, the Mind Capture Bootcamp, in November every year. Guess what? My top customers are going to hear about both events the next two weeks. Long before we go public with all of our social media marketing, we do some outbound marketing, but before it hits all of our email list and all of our main social media, I go to our top clients first and say, hey, we've got special pricing. Do you want to be an onboard early bird sponsor? Hey, do you want to buy some books at a discount, for example? Anytime that we do that, they think, wow, I'm getting special access to Tony and his team first before he makes it public to everybody else. So that generates repeat business. And sometimes what happens is, hey, you know, I can't make it to your boot camp, Tony, but I want to send two or three of my people. That happens a lot, Paul. 
But yeah. I give exclusivity by rewarding them by going to them first versus just putting out a blanket offer or a blanket messaging online. Cause you know, we do a lot of social media. So that being said, there's two or three, I think nuggets of value in there that if you look at it, Paul, they're not difficult. They're difficult yeah. to do consistently or by habit. Yeah. And one of the things that you said, uh, the, the two things, the first two uh, ask knowing yeah. when to ask and uh, strategic networking. I, I think, it would be really smart, like you said, knowing who your customer knows before, so you can ask if you could get an introduction to the the association, the, to the president of the association, or someone, uh, you know, the membership drive person there, or or an event organizer for an organization you don't belong to. Uh, knowing who their sphere of influence is, is a great way to remind them, hey, who do you bowl with on Saturday nights, you know? Well, let me give you a real let me give you a real time case study. What happened just yesterday? Greg Smith, he's the president of Michigan Kiwana. I think you met him in Traverse City last fall. Okay, Uh he calls me a couple days ago. I missed him. I called him back yesterday, and we we finally caught up. He said, "Tony, we're expanding. We're starting a new Kiwanis chapter in Frankenmuth." He goes, "Do you know anybody?" I said, "Oh my gosh, Greg!" I said, two of the top credit unions and mortgage companies are clients of mine." And I go, "Grab a pen," and I gave him the CEO named Vicky. And the other CEO named Jamie. And I said, make sure, because I was walking around, I didn't, was in front of my computer. I said, Greg, please drop me an email and I'll send you back their contact information. I'll make sure I do an email tee up to meet both the CEOs. These two are like the hitters of Frankenmuth, okay? They know everybody. They're well-respected. Uh-huh. They're, they're amazing leaders. And these two gals are phenomenal. I love working with them. So what he did is he just, he got specific. Who do you know? We're starting a new Kiwanis chapter, which I'm a member of a Kiwanis chapter here on the west side of the state of Michigan. And it was like perfect timing, but he wasn't afraid to ask me, Paul, for a couple of introductions. He got two very good introductions from me. And I was like, wow, I'm glad you asked, Greg, because if you're going to be calling in and doing appointments to set up the new chapter to launch it, these two can take you to pretty much everybody in town. Wow. Perfect. Not bad for an ask. And you got two really good answers from the, or referrals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I know that you've done some really kooky things to follow up with people. Can you give a couple of examples of the uh, lumpy marketing? Or I, I don't remember what you called it. But uh, once a referral, once you got a referral, uh, or or even if you're following up with an event, that, that event planner that said no, but but... I can introduce you to the guys in Chicago. How do you how do you keep on their radar? Well, that's a phenomenal question. I, you, I know people are just listening to the audio. I'm rubbing my hands together. <laughs> I'm um, I love to follow up in ways that are fun and definitely get mind captured. So there's a variety of ways. Let me give you my top three or four. I love to mail books, okay? Um, again, yeah. I go back to Dan. Kennedy taught me shock and awe package. You mail them. I like to mail them a bunch of my books, like my latest two books. I'll send them a couple of books, some reference letters, and a quick little post that says, hey, Sally referred me from XYZ Insurance Association. Here's my two latest books and a few references. Let's chat. Now, that's the first step. I schedule in seven to 10 days later in my calendar, follow-up phone call to referral mailed books on this date. So doesn't mean I get through all the time, but I do a voicemail if I get voicemail. And then a couple of days will go by, I call this the third knock and they're all send an email, say, hey, subject line, the message I left you. 
many times by the third knock, they, they'll either find it or they'll go, hey, I haven't seen it yet. Or, hey, what's this about? It starts the conversation. So mm-hmm. I love to use information of value or content that's physical. I know it sounds old school, but, you know, people love the effect of a signed book. Even if they book me or not, Paul, I'm giving them something that's kind of cool. And they, and they say, hey, I like your book or I can pass it off to somebody in our organization. Um, also, I like to send reference letters, not like to boast or brag, but to quickly prove that I know what I'm talking about. And those short snippets or testimonial references, I call it a one-sheeter. I'll actually hold it up here. This is one of my current one-sheets. It has my different program titles. It has four references, a couple of the book images. It's a very concise sort of, I would say, 15-second overview of who are you, what do you do, why should I pay attention, and why should I care? And that one sheet is always updated, Paul. So the whole goal is if I'm teaching mind capture, I've got to arrive differently to them. And I love direct mail as the door knock. And then the second and third steps, the phone call, then the email touch. So that to me, how does a business borrow that? Um, There's a lot of different ways. You could send a sample, okay, of your product. Say, hey, Mm -hmm. said this. Um, and again, certain industries, you got to watch that because of rebating or your, your, your codes of ethics or compliance. But for the most part, most entrepreneurs can send a sample product or a short note and say, hey, I was talking to Joe. He said, you, you might have an interest. Here's a quick sample. So anything you can do physically where they actually have to open it, Paul, and acknowledge it. And many times I've had it where people are so busy, they go, hey, I'm looking through the mail. I've actually got them on a phone call. Like, Hold on. And they'll come back to their desk, I can hear them, and they're like opening the mail or they're looking at the book when I'm on the phone with them. It's always interesting because I don't expect them to be waiting in anxious glee for another piece of mail. Okay. <laughs> the other thing is on the direct mail piece is you want to put on the outside of it, flag it. Um, introduction from Sally or Joe asked me to reach out. They go, huh. So they're looking at the envelope going, what is this? And they go, Joe asked me to reach out or introduction from Mike at XYZ. And they go, okay, I know that person. So it gets to the A pile versus the junk mail pile. Here's the strange thing too that most people miss, especially our younger marketers that are more digital centric. Direct mail still works extremely effectively for a variety of reasons. The first reason I can tell you is when it's done like that, it's not something else in their inbox, Paul. It's not another 30 PDFs they usually won't look at. It's not another email that they got to sort through, but they physically have to handle it. In addition, there's something cool. I call it sort of the Christmas morning effect or the birthday gift. When someone gets a gift or an object in the mail, they're going to usually be curious enough to at least open it. That's got you 95% ahead of everybody else in the queue or the line trying to get them to look at what they're trying to present to them. So those are a couple of quick examples. Uh, I'm going to do something here for your subscribers and that are listening is the first mind capture book has a chapter called reach out and grab somebody. And I list 10 different grabbers with the opening line in that first book. And it's, oh, yeah. it's, you know, now 20 years old, but I'm like, that stuff is still just as relevant, Paul. It's very evergreen. I actually just turned to it. Chapter eight, reach out and grab someone. I tell them why it's effective. I actually put 20 examples of attention grabbers and how to use them. So I give them a blueprint of how to do it in the first mind capture book. Right. And you also in that book, as I recall, and this is this is one thing that I, I was a digital guy. Uh, email marketing is is uh, one of the, my near and dear methods of, of reaching out to people was the mission impossible email. 
<laughs> Can you yeah. talk about that just for a second? Yeah. Now, again, what's cool, Paul, is um, you're going down memory lane. That that letter is in the actual book as well. And yeah. to some time is basically it's a letter that you send out and says, you know, hey, Mission Impossible, should you choose to accept it, give us some feedback on what you think of our recent program we did for you, our product or service. You can modify it very easily. It's super simple. And on the second page of the actual mail letter, Paul, it says, hey, yeah. if you know a couple other people might introduce us to, let us know. We're actually having them write down, and many people do this. They'll write down one or two introductions, and then now you can take it, and you can take a picture, they'll email it back, or you can put a self-addressed envelope in it. Again, when we were doing a lot of that letter, that was back pre-digital. There was some email marketing going, as we know. There wasn't yeah. anything from media then, but you've got to make it super easy for them to respond. There's a lot of ways you can do it. I guess, hey, email back. You could modify the letter and put it in as an email. That's definitely doable. But to me, what's fun about it is you're getting two things accomplished, two for one. You're getting fresh testimonials. And then secondly, you're getting sometimes introductions because you're asking. And I'll add a third to it. It's fun, Paul. You know, you saw me, I think, present against a lot of top marketers at a Kennedy conference. I, I demonstrated that letter in a marketing kind of like um, Survivor or American Idol. And I had 15 uh -huh. minutes explaining the letter and it ended up taking third place in the contest. And I say that looking back many, many years from when it happened, because it was such a fun uh, marketing tool. You have to tweak it a little bit, but it has a lot of components of mind capture in what I just described to you. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. and we, use, we used it. And uh, as I recall, a story where someone in the audience used that in an email and they, they got something back right away, which yeah. is what intrigued, intrigued me. And I went, Hey, I want, I want to, I want to know this guy. I want to hear <laughs> about, I want to, I want to get his book and see, and you are actually doing a, an amazing uh, book launch for your first book too, which is where I first, where we first met. You were doing a, uh, I don't remember how many cities you, you were uh, rallying around to, but uh, when you launched the first book, but uh, it was great fun. And I was going, here's, the, here's a guy who's talking about direct marketing and getting mind capture and also building your brand because of that, becoming known for those quirky things that you do that get attention. And that's why I think you're, you're known as the mind capture guy. And that's why you've been so effective these last 20 years uh, worldwide talking to audiences and, and getting their attention. So bravo to you. Well, so, I, I want to thank you for that, Paul, because sometimes I forget some of the zany stuff we've done. We've been doing this <laughs> for a while. So down memory lane, I'm like, yeah, let's, we have to retake that idea and try it again or, or polish it up and, and reuse it again. So thanks for the reminders too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it, that's where it all started, Tony. So before we're going to wrap up referral marketing, um, but first, a word from our sponsor. This episode of the Lead Machine Growth Show is brought to you by Lead Machine, the step-by-step -step tech easy system for getting leads online. Are you ready to start attracting your ideal audience right away? Join the five-day Lead Magnet Magic Challenge today at www.getleadmachine.com forward slash magic. Say goodbye forever to struggling with lead magnets and say hello to getting your offers seen by your ideal clients. We're talking with Tony Rubleski about 
referral magic, the magic of referral marketing. And Tony, let's wrap this up. What advice would you give to businesses looking to get started with referral marketing? Well, I think the big thing is go through while you're listening or, you know, tonight while it's top of mind, Paul, and pick out your top 20 customers. Everyone, you know, if you've been in business for a couple of years, you should have at least, you know, 20, 30 customers. Some people have hundreds. Go to your top 20 customers, make a list and figure out how am I going to reach out to them in the next two months so you can spread out the contacts. And there's three points here. Check on them. See how they're doing. Um, get some feedback. Ask them if it's going well. Hey, um, any thoughts about what we can do to, to provide better products or services? Or what do you think? Is there something you need? Really find out um, some other ways you can serve them. And then if they're happy, then the third component of that with each one of us say, hey, we get lots of introductions and word of mouth. Who are a couple of people you might introduce me to? And Paul, you said something about 10 minutes ago in our interview that I'd forgotten. Before you reach out to them, you can look at their LinkedIn. You can right. look at their there's their social media and you can find out even on their website who else they work with so a simple way that some people miss is you go to their main website and many times it'll list who else they work with or their key customers or associations they're in ding 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 they put all these introduction opportunities right in the digital space where you can find them so if you're thinking well i'm not as comfortable kind of just generally asking for introduction find two or three people before you reach out to them with a phone call or an email exchange and say hey I noticed on your website, you work with XYZ and, you know, future industries. Is there anyone you might introduce me to over there that, you know, that maybe we could do the same thing for? That's it. And sometimes they'll respond right back. Yep. Joe Smith is the CEO. Sally Yates is the CFO. And you've specifically took what you said, Paul. You found people that are, they know in their circle off their online presence. And you directly honed in on one or two. And you asked with a specific ask or introduction to those two people. So. Have fun with it would be the other thing I would say, Paul. Um, I'm zany. I, I, I do a lot of marketing each day. I just, I have a healthy sense of marketing paranoia that you always have to have things going out each day or volleys or ships that you send out of harbor that are going to reach, you know, people that are in other islands. And it's targeted, Paul, but I never stop marketing and it's a force of habit. So to me, right. there's a couple thoughts there, pick and choose out of those three or four steps but start immediately. And again, if you're having fun with it, it's, it shouldn't be grueling. It shouldn't be like, oh my God, I got to ask them for who they can introduce me to. I need to ask for referrals. I don't want to sound like I'm hard selling them or I sound pushy. It, that's why you go to your best customers first of all. They're, they already have a relationship. And if it's conversational, work on some of the language like I shared, make it fit your situation and your, your clientele. This should be fun. I have a fishing pole. Look, hold on. It's right here by my desk. It's an actual fishing pole. There's the line. And I look, <laughs> at, I look at it each day that I have to go out fishing each day for opportunity. So if I'm doing emails, if I'm doing scheduled phone calls, I'm talking with clients, I'm doing some prospecting. I do some warm targeted marketing, Paul, where we actually reach out to groups that don't know me, but I have already laid the groundwork with reference letters that I email and direct mail. So they've heard about me. So I don't per se do a hard cold call. I do very targeted direct marketing into the top prospects with other people that know me or work with me that I call similars. One banker talks to another banker, Paul. A lawyer talks to another lawyer. A builder talks to another builder. I like to have a preponderance of proof when I'm reaching out to people that 
holy crap, I should pay attention because I know them or I've heard about them or, hey, that's our biggest competitor. And I don't do that to manipulate or get my current clients mad, Paul, but there's plenty of business to go around. I have to work very strategically because the most valuable asset we all have is time. Time is at a premium. So hopefully that kind of wraps that up and gives uh, the audience a few nuggets. It does. I wanted to add one nugget to... uh what you were talking about when you're going and looking at their profiles, not only can you find out who their sphere of influence is, but you can also note what their interests, what their interests are, what groups they belong to. And that ding, 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 there are similars in that group. There's other, other people, influencers in, in markets that they follow that maybe can bring you to someone else. So you should always be researching and, and refining who your client is, because a lot of us don't know who our clients are. They can't say who they are. They just know that they've got these clients, but they, they don't know where they live. They don't know how much they make. They don't know what kind of, what title they have. Uh, they don't do that research. Yep. At some point though, once they start marketing, they've got to do that. And for the, the, the kinds of things that you're talking about uh, requires a mind shift, a mindset mm-hmm. shift and a culture change. People have to be more be aware and intentional about implementing and, and actually taking action. So sure. thank you so much for that. I've got another question for you, though. Take it away. <laughs> you are known as the hope dealer. And folks, that's not, that's H-O-P-E, hope. <laughs> not, not the other one. And so <laughs> you've been known as a mind capture guy. And all this time in your, you know, marketing and getting attention and referrals, you're known for all that. And then, then you started interviewing people and you started getting some traction and more and more traction in hoping and in, in spreading this hope, this message, this, this, it's the same message that you've always had in the core of your teaching. But now you're you're known as the hope dealer. So what's up with that? Why? I know we're surrounded by so much negativity and distraction and more. Uh, why now? Well, I mean, you saw the program a few weeks ago when we reconnected in Traverse. That is, that's a major area of focus now for the company. And I'll tell you why. Not only is it super negative, but I had a change of heart a few years ago, Paul. Um, I have no problem. Um, I love people that have spirituality and faith walk, but I got saved. And I realize now, I was not living the life that I wanted because I had some defects that weren't serving me well. And my faith walk, you know, came in just rushing in and I went, something's happening. I'm changing a lot. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm grateful that you have seen me all these years past, but there's some people that freak out. Like you really changed. I'm like, I had to, I wanted to. And what's happened is my faith walk has really worked, jumped into my work. Not where I'm preaching to people from on stage, but I can no longer hide the fact that faith and hope and spirituality and, and my path is Jesus. But I always respect other faith walks because I believe spirituality is a good thing to have, especially now, Paul. So yeah. as the world gets more and more negative and triggered by what's the latest incident or war or tragedy or scandal, it's only magnifying because of social media and our cell phone. So I'm saying deliberately hard pivot. Three years ago during the pandemic, this is where I believe I'm being called to help people now is to inspire them. I can't change anybody, Paul. You heard the seminar. You heard the keynote I gave. I can hopefully get them to ask a better question, 
to challenge some of their beliefs, to affirm what they do well, and have them think of things a little bit differently, that focusing more on your spiritual, your inner self, and your mindset daily is extremely important and not to be taken as an afterthought anymore. It's like software. You have to upgrade the software. Every day, I believe you have to, you know, we plug our cell phones in, Paul, to recharge them every day. What do we do to plug in our soul or our inner self? And that quiet time, meditation, yoga, walking, church groups, volunteer work, music. I can list about 10 to 15 different ways that people can dial in. Affirmations, journaling are a couple of my favorite. And the, the two new books, Positive Disruption, where people say, hey, you're a hope dealer. That's where the title came. Those are more about how do you go inward with simple questions where you journal and you self-reflect. Um, some people say it's almost like a Bible study or a daily devotional, a journal. Yeah, okay. it is. The book is really about the reader. You know, Kelsey Sanders, who helped me with the second book with a lot of the questions, she was a genius. Those, this book is simple by design because the world is too complex, Paul. And I'm not trying to say everything can be solved simply. It's not always where it's a simple one, two, three solution. There's complex issues. What's the only thing that we can control? I'm pointing to myself. Yeah, ourselves. Point, point, you have to have good self-governance the best you can each day. And we're fallible, but we have a lot of greatness in us, Paul. And I'm just, I get so sad watching people quit or just get addicted to being grumpy or being negative and snarky online or just mean. And I just don't have much tolerance at this point. I know it's a tough thing to say, but I get very frustrated when people sell themselves short because I believe so many people that you and I have met, Paul, have come from the strangest circumstances with all the chips down, all sorts of issues to be redeemed. Many it's come through their faith journey. Some have done it on their own. But I said, look, we need to replicate that, study it and share it. Doesn't mean I'm forcing people to do anything, Paul. I'm very independent, almost libertarian. But I look at it and say, hey, if someone's willing to be nudged and prodded and says, I'm tired of this negativity and, and the, I'm not happy with what I'm doing, maybe the crack in the door appears where they hear me speak. They hear this podcast. They get a book from me. They get a PDF bonus from you or me. And they go, okay, that was something that really helped me then. But I'm getting more and more as I get older now, it's getting simple that the mindset each day has to be a daily scheduled habit. The world is just coming at you full speed. And we can't avoid people. We can't avoid our customers, our families. We have to engage them and be as present as possible. I believe with the best mindset we can bring to them each day. So how's that? That's great. (laughs) So you're known for disconnecting. You call it going dark. You've done it many times. You also call it Solitude Saturday. Can you tell us about that and tell us how that benefits you? And it's a curious practice, but it really works. Well, it's hard to do. And I, I have to be candid. I haven't done one on Solitude Saturday in about a year or two. So I'm now you're reminding me I need to schedule one. But what I love uh-huh. about that, and there's a couple of other things with Solitude that I do each day that I want to share. First and foremost, Solitude Saturday is where you deliberately schedule it. You unplug your phone. You maybe let your family and friends know, hey, here's where I'm going to be at. So if there's an emergency but you literally shut off social media and you go dark and you take that day to maybe travel, to go out in nature, to be with your family. You're not sitting in front of the television, watching all the doom and gloom. You're not tied into the digital distractions because digital is very addictive. Social media is a a paradox, is a blessing and a curse. 
So that to me, if someone can take a day off or two days off, it is wonderful for your soul. And it gets you to re refocus on like what is going on in the real world. Now, when I go dark, here's what I mean. You knew this when we worked together. I might be like, hey, Paul, I'm going dark on tomorrow. You can't find me in the morning. And it used to tick my family off. Uh, my partners were like, where are you going? I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm going dark. I have a major deadline. I'm going to disappear. And what they realized was they could get by without having to always access me, Paul. I'm not that important. And I was telling them, <laughs> it's important so you don't freak out. I'm letting you know in advance for courtesy and to communicate clearly, you won't be able to find me. And when I've done those mornings, sure, when I'm done with the three or four hour block of going dark, I'll look at my messages and respond accordingly. But I've had no major emergency or end of the world situation yet, Paul, by doing this. Here's right. the multiple benefits. It forces you to take care of yourself in a different way that most books don't teach. You schedule, they call it self-care time. I, I get all that. But you deliberately schedule thinking and creative and spiritual time in your calendar. And it becomes fun. It becomes, in a good way, kind of addictive, Paul, because you realize how loud and noisy the world is, how noisy your brain is. And our brains are wonderful. It's just built, you know, at a different level how technology is evolving. That's a whole other interview. But how do you go back to some of the primitive quiet time? Where if you look at all the great historical leaders, they're good at disappearing. They go dark. They go in the woods. I'll give you a quick example. You and I are believers. Jesus would take off for weeks at a time in the desert. And, 40 you know, days. Yeah. And am I <laughs> 40 days in the desert. And what, what's been documented in the Bible, I go, I don't blame him. I'd be tired of dealing with people coming at me all the time. No wonder. He'd probably just say, I need to get some space. I need to get away from this. I need to you know, just meditate and talk to God and just be away. And you look at from that to Buddha to the other historical leaders and spiritual figures, they've all taught that, Paul. Even the business tycoons from you know, Bill Gates to Bezos to Henry Ford and Napoleon Hill have talked about solitude. And it's getting harder, but I believe more necessary to integrate it into your life. So there's a, a couple different angles of how you go dark and, and you take some time for yourself. Thank you very much. In my Lead Machine Mastermind group, I urge my clients to celebrate success, mm -hmm. to structure their day, not only to propel them towards their goals, but also to be more productive with their time that they have. What is your opinion of this practice and what other exercises beyond the Solitude Saturday would you like to, uh, what's your favorite ones that you, to stay productive and most important, stay positive? Well, there's a couple that every day happen, even if I'm traveling or, or on vacation, is I have my morning routines where I journal each morning. I, I write my gratitude list in a journal. It sounds ironic, but I'm doing positive disruption right now each day. Because mm -hmm. when I first book out a couple of years ago, someone came up and said, hey, are you doing the book? You should. I'm like, I haven't thought of it. So I went <laughs> after the book was released and did it. And I'm having fun journaling in my own book because Kelsey helped write a lot of the questions. So I'm like, okay, if you're out there teaching it, you better be a product of your own product, okay? So I yeah. do that. Okay? I do my morning prayers. I do some different affirmations and meditations and serenity prayer. Those things help ground me. Um, I also, this is strange when I'm on the road, like to dip into our local church and just go into the church and sit there quietly and light a candle for 15, 20 minutes. And I don't boast about that, Paul, but it's very grounding to go into a sacred space or a church or your whatever faith persuasion. Get into a yeah. holy area and just sit. And you realize how crazy sometimes the noise is outside. 
But when you walk into a sacred space, a church or temple, a mosque, it regroups you. You get grounded again and you come out of there like, okay, I needed a little bit of a, a spiritual break. And I do that several times a week when I'm not traveling at my home church here. So my my wife and I, uh, this morning, every Thursday morning, we get up at four o'clock and we go to the the chapel to the Eucharistic adoration. And we've been doing that. We've been doing that for uh, three or four years now. And uh, it's a long, my Thursdays are long days, but I tell you what, it really grounds you like you were saying. And uh, it really helps with the positivity too. And you think about it, you know, s- sitting there with the, in a, in a, in silence, total silence, mm-hmm. you know, turn the lights down low and you can, you can, it takes a while. It takes a yeah. while to shut, to shut the world off. It yeah. really, it really is hard sometimes. And this is going to so, sound weird, Paul, but this is a, maybe it's an age thing. I just turned 50 a few months ago, but after I have my lunch, when I'm not traveling, I will set my phone timer for 30 minutes siesta. Sometimes I'll sit and meditate. Sometimes I'll just lay down. I don't fall asleep some days, but I get really calm and it's like a recharge and a reboot. And I get up from that little nap or siesta. I go right back to work and it's like, it calms me down. And I look forward to that sort of another scheduled reboot. Nice. Nice. Wow. So what are, wrapping up, what are three things that our listeners can do to put these ideas into action? Well, it's a powerful question. A couple of quick things on those three. Number one is from this interview, take one key idea. Maybe it's something that sparked an idea that you heard from, that you inspired it, Paul, or I did, or our riffing, they heard something, they had an idea. Take that idea and schedule it or get on it right now. Depending on when you're hearing this, because of time shifting, if it's the middle of your work, they say, okay, I'm going to reach out to three emails to three customers right now and say, hey, let's connect next week. Now you've set an action step. Don't delay. So take one idea, move on it. Second, don't delay. And then three, follow up on it. Also take besides your top one idea, what is your second idea? And then put it or take a photo or schedule it a week out from you and you listen to this idea follow-up from webinar. And there's the two or three ideas you glean. Sorry, I'm already working on the first one. What was the other idea I wanted to execute? The challenge is you know, you and I go to seminars and we coach and we also are coached, okay? Is I can walk out with four or five ideas, but I've always learned when I go to a physical seminar, by the time the wheels go up on the airplane or I get in the car to drive back, there has to be one thing that I'm going to do and communicate with my team that we set in motion. It, it's, it makes it easier. It real, I realize, okay, I'm getting some ROI out of the event and it lets my team know that, hey, I'm serious about changing versus just going and you know, applauding and getting all excited. And then not do anything. Because I've had years where I didn't do anything. But I found, okay, if you're going to spend a day or two, that's a lot of time, a big investment. There should be two or three things that sometimes in a break, I'm emailing people or I'm texting people like, hey, we need to connect. It forces me into action right then and there. So there's my final parting shots. Yeah. And I would I would add on to that and say, write them down today. Write yes. those things down today so you can follow up because there's no there's no time like right now to get it done. And Paul, so, I have notes everywhere. They're on my computer. <laughs> they're, they're on my desk. There's affirmations. And I, I know because if I don't write it down, it's forgotten most of the time. It or if is, I it's forgotten. Right my phone. Yep. Yep. Wow. Well, thank you so much. Uh, you have a free gift 
Mind Capture, How to Stand Out in the Age of Advertising Overload. It's the first Mind Capture book. Uh, I remember when you launched the book. He's holding it up right now. Uh, and I got my first dose of the Hope Dealer. And uh, to get the book, Tony, it's uh, Tony at mindcapturegroup.com. Send him an email and he'll send you a PDF back. Yeah. So do you have any subject line bonus book, Mind Capture, Tony, Paul interview? I'll know, yeah. but we'll get to you right away. And here's the good news too, Paul. I'm not going to put you in an auto subscriber till the end of time. So if you want to engage <laughs> me, let us know. But I want to make sure that on top of the time you enjoy with Paul and I, we give you something where we're not going to stalk you until the end of time. So please know that. <laughs> okay. That's again, that's uh, Tony at Mind Capture Group. So Correct. thanks, Tony. Uh, so there you have it, referral magic, strategies to get you noticed and get you referred, get more clients, get more business, more profits, more leads. And we got a kick in the pants and a mindset reboot from the hope dealer and our guest expert, Tony Robleski. Thank you, Tony. Uh, and we're going to wrap up here. And remember, faith and action go hand in hand. So put the pedal to the metal. Until Amen. next time on the Lead Machine Growth Show. So long, Tony. I'm Paul Guyon. Thank you for tuning in to the Lead Machine Growth Show with Paul Guyon, where we show you how to tackle your tech, master your message, and design your dream so that you can transform your vision into reality. Remember to visit our website at www.leadmachinegrowthshow.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, Subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Lead Machine Growth Show.